Hey, how you guys doing? I'm Chris, your host of Achieving Failure. Once again, I'm by myself, and welcome to another Tuesday episode. Hope you guys are doing all right. I'm kind of in a little bit of self-loathing because I recently wrapped up a graduation photo shoot. It's more of a photo shoot videography event that... I was super excited about, super stressed out about, and at the end of the day, the entire thing was an absolute disaster. I mean, as far as my point, my my uh, my perspective, everything everything I prepared for for like an entire month completely went to hell, and uh, it kind of got me reflecting upon what I'm actually doing, being a photographer and videographer for my own business and now that I'm running a podcast it's kind of given me the insight of just because you think you can do it doesn't mean you should do it but if you don't do it you'll never know if you can so in the theme of the whole achieving failure I'm I'm going for broke, but at the end of the day, going through this week's episode and trying to come up with material, I kind of found some old, old paperwork that I actually wrote way, way, way back in high school. I mean, you're talking way back, like 2003, which, yeah, about 20 years at this point. And it was kind of interesting to look back at what I wrote reflecting upon my life 20 years ago. Now, this was... There's a collection of things that I have written. But one of the assignments was... Before I graduated in my English class, I was, in the, I was a senior in high school. They had us write a piece about who I am. Who I am, what do I like, what do I do, friends, family, a whole lot of history of who am I. So this week, we're going to kind of do a quick segment of some of this paperwork that I found because I just wanted to read it. And it's, 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 it's interesting to go back and see where I was to where I am now 20 years later. So... I could tell you right now, failing business owner, failing podcast, got a different job as a mechanic, but hey, we're achieving failure. So let's go. Welcome to Achieving Failure, a podcast that gives you a break from politics, popular trends, and brings you good old-fashioned life stories that made us who we are today. Sit back and relax with your host, Chris, as he brings you another exciting adventure on how to achieve failure. So, one of the first ones that I have is a segment called, Who Am I? And this was kind of a, a general kind of a general statement about who I am and who I, at that particular time, who I thought, and it was kind of interesting. So chapter one, who am I? I'm the type who likes to sit around and looks for something fun to do. I'm a person who loves heavy metal music, going out and seeing horror movies, and doing just plain old stupid stuff with friends. 
When I think about who I really am, though, I have to look and explore different angles of who I am and what drives me. My personality, for one thing, is a mixed-up mess of some emotions, some creativity, and some brains. When I look at what I'm capable of doing, there really is no limit for me, because when I try to push the limits to see how far I can really go, I feel that limits are something that is made up to hold you back, and not truly allowing you to explore what you're capable of achieving. Well, I mean, to, to be frank, a lot of this is true. I mean, I still love going out and doing heavy metal music, and as far as seeing horror movies, horror movies over the last 20 years with the introduction of the internet has completely broken my brain because I have seen almost some of the worst of the worst that simply going back and watching stupid reruns of Futurama and like Simpsons. That's that's all that's all I need. That's all I need in my life. I don't need any more horror. I don't need any more death. I don't need any more gore. Uh but the personality and it's a mixed up mess of them. Yeah, just uh, emotions and I I do have and that's something I want to explore later as far as emotions because it has it's it's definitely been a whirlwind it's i've definitely gone through a wide range of feelings and other such nonsensical feelings but um trying to push the limit definitely has to be one of my strong suits it's one of those i really have never it's almost a a blessing and a curse because whenever i look at my creativity and limits i never just settle i'm always i'm always looking for the next best thing i'm always challenging myself and it's actually gotten to the point where my my creativity and feeling that i have no limits in regards to i don't know if i can do it but i'm gonna try it's actually kind of almost driven me insane because I just don't know what a normal life is anymore. Everybody goes, oh, just take a lazy day. It's like, I can't, I can't take a lazy day. Me having a lazy day is doing a 40-hour work week, coming home, and then doing a podcast full-time. And then when I'm bored with that, when I'm not doing a podcast, I'm out running a small business doing photography and videography. But that's that's me relaxing. So... Me stressing out is when I actually find my inner peace. So, continuing. When I think about who I am, one thing comes up to my... One thing that... Bleh. I'm also a terrible reader. So, add that to the mix. When I think about who I am, one thing that comes to my mind is my personality. For a lot of people who know me, I'm mostly the type that keeps the best, like, mo see, I told you, I'm a terrible reader. When I think about who I am, one thing comes to my mind is my personality. Now, for a lot of people who know me, I'm mostly the type that keeps bouncing off the walls, uncontrollably. Now, people look at me and see an uncontrolled kid. Okay, that's fine. But only some people who truly know me know that there is a part of me that wants to help those who seek help or just looking for someone to talk about their problems. This might seem strange because one look at me and one might think the person could never help my problems, but hey, you'd be surprised with what I can help people with. 
Now, this was kind of a true statement at one point when I actually had sympathy for people, but as I got older and risked pretty much everything, I've, after I wrote this, I don't know, I must have been 17, 17, 18, whenever you graduate high school, about less than a year later, I left my home in New Jersey, packed up just clothes, and I wound up joining the military and wound up getting stationed all the way in San Diego, California. Now, that's the other end of the country. No, I knew nobody, knew nothing. I had to make all new friends. Anything and everything that I've ever had was shipped in a cardboard box back home. All my clothes, everything. I went to boot camp in Great Lakes, Illinois, and I traded in all my civilian clothes for military uniforms, and that was probably the last I ever saw of it until, obviously, I got out of boot camp, got stationed, readjusted, everything like that. But everything that I've owned was taken away and shipped home, and I had to learn and this was something that kind of stuck with me being 18, 19 years old, that you're on your own now. And this ties into being sympathetic because I used to listen to people's problems. I used to be very concerned, very open with how I approach people. And I've learned that unfortunately, in my particular case, the world is very cruel sometimes and it is what you make of it. So if you just want to wallow in self-pity, I mean, you get what's coming to you. If you don't try, I'm not saying everybody's gonna succeed, but if you never try and never risk it, you never know what's gonna happen. And a lot of people are comfortable in their ways of life, which is fine, but at the same time, people cry about, oh, I'm stuck in this, I'm stuck doing this, I hate this, I hate that. If you never change, and the problem is, the reason I've changed is because I'm sick and tired of hearing people talk about things that they can control and refuse to. I, personally, am guilty of this. I've done this forever. I've done this for the last 15 years, and it's only been about a year or so that I kind of realized this. I would say, bouncing off the walls, though, is something that I've controlled, calmed down, grew up, matured, whatever you want to say. I'm damn, I'm 38 at this point, going on goddamn 39, and I still have the mentality of the kid who wrote this paper. Inside, I'm still bouncing off the walls. I'm still jumping around. I still have so much excitement and so much energy, but I broke my spine twice. I, I can't do what uh, all this stuff that I used to enjoy. And you know what? It's part of growing up. It's part of being an adult. It's one of those, it is what it is. Creativity is one thing I am good at, whether it's something constructive or something mentally visual. I'm mostly the hands-on type of person. Hands-on meaning, I love to work with my hands and cannot sit in front of a computer for hours at a time trying to create a new computer program. This is actually funny. This statement is actually very funny because, yes, creativity, I love what I do. I love doing this podcast, even though I have, like, no subscribers. But, I mean, I just started. I mean, I'm only going on less than a year. 
but I was able to pump out I don't even know what is the, this is going to be episode 20 I was able to pump out some episodes and I was able to take creative stories of my life and try to put it in such a way that I'm projecting it to an audience like yeah I could tell friends and family but it's Again, this comes down to the creative challenge of I would love to bring my stories to a more broad audience. I would love to share my stories because some of these stories are nuts. The ironic thing is saying that I can't sit in front of a computer screen for hours. This is literally, I did a complete 180 because my new hobby and love is not only creating videos, pictures, and podcasts, but literally sitting in front of a computer for hours trying to <laughs> trying to edit. So I, I, I'm sure the ADH kid in me back then would completely be in awe. When you go, wait, wait, you? You? The kid who would run up and down the halls, the halls of the high school screaming and yelling, banging on the, uh, banging on doors, running around a camera. You, you enjoy sitting in front of a computer. It's just, it's, it's funny how life turns out. I will say, I love, I do love to get out and make something that I can come back and say, hey, I made that. And that's true. There are a lot of things that, I look back at and people are surprised that I do video photography. I said, no, no, this is something I've done for a while. I've made about five short films. They're not good, but I made them created a lot of different, a lot of different types of photography where I'm not created, but I have explored a lot of realms of photography and even now doing this podcast i've had to pretty much completely learn how to do audio which is something i've never really done before i've i've dabbled in video but to combine both audio and video even audio as an, a very basic level audio engineering it's hard it's hard but it's something again i 20 years later i made this I'm making this. It's it's crazy that you can make something, but a lot of things you create, you don't really look back and can reflect and go, hey, I made that. I mean, it could be something so simple as looking at your kid. You made that. You just, I just hope you're proud of that. Drawing is one thing that I love to do. And a lot of people seem to be impressed with what I can do. Now, mind you, I'm reading this. At that particular time, my grammar sucks. A lot of... A lot of rewording. A lot of terrible grammatical... Grammatical... Grammatical? Grammatical errors? I also didn't really do the best... <laughs> I also didn't really do the best in English. I mean, I passed high school. I could say that. I passed high school. Drawing is one thing I love to do, and a lot of people seem to be impressed with, with, with what I can do. 
Some drawings are just crappy 2D drawings, but some people get a kick out of it because the characters I use are weird and unusual situations. One of the drawings I like to do is people's names. The way I draw people's names is a creepy gothic design that looks neat until one studies the picture and discovers that it actually says something. Now, this is kind of weird because I'm actually a little upset that I do not have these pictures anymore. These are a lot of custom pieces that I've made for people in school. And the way I used to do it is more, I guess, the best relatable way. As you look at a lot of these like death metal bands, where the best comparison is take a bunch of sticks, throw them on the ground, and that usually can spell out a band's name. I kind of did that with some hand drawings where it was just a lot of weird intertwining lines, designs, but it would actually spell out a person's name. And I took a lot of pride in that. It was not easy. It was actually extremely hard. But as far as the drawing, this was kind of more of a controversial topic when I was going through school because I used to love to draw. And again, was I good at it? I don't know. I'm a kid. And a lot of people would probably say, Ooh, that's good. Little little Chrissy over here drew this. And it probably looks like a, uh, a, a pile of shit uh, with, some, uh, with some stink lines. And everybody go, Oh, ooh, look how good he did. Or I could have done really well. The problem is... I don't know. I don't know if it was just an ego thing, but what actually got me in trouble and what kind of discouraged me a lot was the fact that a lot of the topics that I would draw were very dark, very disturbing, very torturous pictures. A lot of inspirations I would get were from like the Hellraiser, a lot of the Pinhead, a lot of the Friday the 13th with Freddy Krueger, and even some of the books that I read. I would read uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, if people actually remember what that is, and uh, even some of the Goosebumps books. And I used to draw a lot of inspiration from that. Now, mind you, 12 to 18... I used to draw a lot, and I would like to think that as time progressed, my drawings got better, but so did the details, and a lot of people got were upset by it. And I, I guess at that particular time, that's not something a kid should be drawing. Oh, duh, Spawn. I was 12 years old. I think I was 12 years old. I brought my grandma to go see Spawn in the theaters when it first came out. Wasn't a good movie, but those who saw Spawn... I don't think you should be bringing your grandma to go see that movie. But even then, a lot of those monsters like the uh, like Clown and I believe it was Terrorizer. Oh my God, I forget what the hell the name was. But it was, I, I drew a lot of those things and a lot of people found it disturbing. And a lot of people discouraged me from drawing that, which upset me because I don't have mental problems. I mean, maybe, but <laughs> I was I was never going to go out and do anything harmful. This is more of an out. I mean, you get you, you find something that you're good at and you enjoy doing it. And then all of a sudden, everybody turns around and goes, no, 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 you can't do that. So I remember I got into a lot of confrontations with adults because I said, well, what am I supposed to do? 
Like, what, what, what do you want me to draw? Do you want me to draw a microphone, <laughs> a microphone reading a book? Because that's not what I like. I'm more, where is he? I'm more of the Boris Karloff look. And I mean, even this picture, I love this picture because back then, I still love the old uh, the old monster movies before, I guess you could say they were horror movies, back to the old monster movies. Something so simple as, I would have loved to draw Frankenstein. But even something like this brings me back to my love of movies because this is so simple. This is literally Boris Karloff on the set of a movie drinking tea, smoking a cigarette. I loved it. I was down in New Orleans. I was with my cousin Tim, and we were walking down um, Bourbon Street, and I saw this picture, and I was like, I don't know, 25 bucks. I said, I don't know how much it is, but I need to buy it because I love this, and this is one of these pictures you're never going to see again. And I remember I brought it home, and I brought it to a frame shop. I spent more framing this goddamn picture. I think I spent like $200 framing a $25 picture. But that meant something to me because it brought back feelings of what I used to draw, what I used to watch, things that actually influenced me. And um, this this one paragraph in particular is kind of just a little, I don't know, it kind of resonates with me because it was something that I love to do. But I'm just going to blame the educational system. The educational system failed to push and encourage as they did they tried to uh, demonize and demonetize me and it, it, it's a shame it's just one of those things and unfortunately um, as time progressed I just stopped drawing I stopped reading and uh, luckily I found other outlets normally more or less in the form of movies and the more of creative writing so which leads me to <laughs> making movies that I love to do whether it's a give it all what give it all your movie making movies is one thing I love to do whether it is a give it your all movie or just have fun movie oh, I get it I get it okay making movies is one thing I love to do whether it is a give it your all movie or just have fun movie. There's always something to create and record. Some people call me a visionary when it comes to making movies because what I picture in my mind will be made and I and I can be it can be seen. I'm also not good at reading, if I haven't stated that. I feel this is a good attitude because it shows dedication, commitment also when trying to accomplish something. On the path of accomplishments though, one might run into a thing called stubbornness. When something goes wrong, I am stubborn, but I'm also stubborn when I try to create something because despite what people say, I always have a feeling that it can be done and soon it will be done. That's my accomplishment. Now, this is reigns true to before as it does today. Stubborn. I've always been stubborn. Relationships, work, military, life. I'm stubborn. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm too stubborn to die. It's uh, going back to making movies. It really was my best friend, Frank, at the time. He and I made a bunch of movies together. He and I were in a video uh, video club together. And 
that was the one thing we loved to do because I finally was able to take my imagery of what I couldn't really draw and now I could put it to movies and give it your all. I've made, I made some, I mean, there were a lot of, I made a short, I don't know, five minute horror movie about two friends and a haunted factory. And then there was another one, just have fun. I made a movie called stupid shit, which maybe one day I could play. I don't know. I have to heavily edit it, but we also did a thing called, uh, the Fred witch project with me and Frank. And that was a complete, complete ripoff of the Blair Witch Project, but we did it. And we did it in such a way that it was funny, but we also submitted it to the school's film festival. And I mean, people loved it. This is something that was so silly and so ridiculous that people actually loved it. And I loved making it. It was fun. It was like my out. And it was something that I could collaborate with my best friend at the time. And we enjoyed it so much that the next year we did part two, which is literally the same movie just with extra scenes. And I think we had more fun, not only once again bringing it to the film festival, but not only did we have fun doing the deleted scenes, but we had more fun pissing people off at the film festival because now you had to sit there for instead of 13 minutes, it was about 15 or 16 minutes because now you got to watch the same movie with different with with different ending with, with different edits and an alternate ending and just people were so upset because they thought the first movie was so good they could not wait for the second and we bombarded them with this trash so i <laughs> it it's again this goes back to i made that and i had so much fun making it so wrapping up this little piece Creativity in my life, whether it be making, drawing, or creating movies, my brain is always thinking something new, shocking, that will make people look in awe. Or just think, there's something terribly wrong with me. Whatever comes first, there is always something for me to do. Sometimes I try to look for a challenge, see if I can overtake it, and see what happens. If that doesn't work, I make it work. And that's chapter one of who am I and a lot of things still kind of ring to be true I really as a person I really have not changed that much I've matured I grew up I've changed my attributes and theories about life but at the end of the day I'm still a basket case I'm still bouncing off the walls I'm still coming up with creative stuff and I love what I do. It may not be good, but I'm taking my failed attempts and I'm learning and I'm always trying to do better. We have a lot more of these kind of stories. But next week, I got Ricky Bobby coming back. We have the second part of his side of his stories. I want to, I actually want to kind of wrap that up too. And I'm doing on the, on the case of failing at life I have a lot of other stories talking about I'm a terrible car mechanic I'm a terrible plumber I'm a terrible podcaster I'm a terrible boyfriend 
I'm terrible at a lot of different things. But for you, I have... Well, for you, I'm great at entertainment. So, hey, thanks for tuning in. Come back in a next episode. Unfortunately for this, I'm going to wind up doing about every two weeks just because of things that are going on. I was doing every week, but until we get more of an audience, I'm going to start doing it every other week. So come back in two weeks. If you love what I do, tell your friends and family, subscribe to either my online on Spotify. I got a lot of the, I got a lot of the streaming online, the audio side. I also have the video, which I'm going to be doing on YouTube and find us on Facebook and Instagram. I'm going to be doing a lot of highlight reels there. So until next time, thanks for tuning in. You have a good one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. For more info, find us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you have a story you'd love to share, shoot us an email at aflvpodcast at gmail.com. That's AF, Achieving Failure, LV, Las Vegas, podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you all next time.